This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Hey, so we recorded this episode a few weeks back, and a few days after we chatted about milestones, the American Academy of Pediatrics released some updates that a lot of professionals find questionable. Please talk to your doctor about these updated milestones as it is an evolving conversation. We're going to air this episode, but know that we are referring to the old milestone lists. Our opinions still stand, but as with all things, there's room for growth and further understanding. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Tori Phantom and she's Mama Cusses. This episode is dedicated to all the parents who studied the milestone charts online like they were prepping for the SATs. And to all the parents who didn't realize milestone charts even existed. Are there parents that don't know about the charts? I mean, probably. I, I was studying them harder than I studied anything in high school, so... It wasn't me, but yeah, pro- same. there's probably someone. <laughs> same, same. I, I combat anxiety by over-educating myself on stuff. Let's talk yeah. about milestones. First, we got to start the timer. Okay, so first of all, I'm, I'm going to do the thing that I despise when people do, but I'm going to assume that there are some people listening that don't know. What are milestones? We throw these words around constantly, but not all of us understand exactly what they are and why so many people are obsessed with them. This is from the CDC. If uh, if that triggers alarm bells, I want you to sit with that. Sit, sit with that. Um, and maybe while you're sitting just, with that, contact a therapist. Uh, yeah. Uh, but this is from the CDC. <laughs> and I quote. Development milestones are things most children can do by a certain age. Skills such as taking a first step, smiling for the first time, and waving bye-bye are called developmental milestones. Children reach milestones in how they play, learn, speak, act, and move. You see children reach milestones every day. Though all children develop at their own pace, most children reach developmental milestones at or about the same age. And the thing is with milestones... That not meeting milestones feels really scary because of the implications of disease, illness, disorders. It can feel so overwhelming. And so I think when you first have a kid and you first find those milestone charts, right? Because you go Mm -hmm. to that first appointment for your newborn, they're like two days old and you're like healing from like major surgery or like an actual watermelon-sized person coming out of a lemon-sized thing on your body. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. haven't slept or cleaned. You don't remember what day of the week it is. And you bring your little baby mm-hmm. to an appointment and they start already like, they're like, well, here's what to expect. And you're like, what is that so much to expect? And, <laughs> and so much of it feels so out of your control. I think, it, you know, I didn't have yeah. great labors and births and deliveries, but I think even for folks who had exactly what they dreamed of, once yeah, the baby's here, it's it's out the window because it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think as a grasp at control, a lot of us, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I went to those milestones as a way of kind of 
a timeline, a thing to gauge what was coming next, especially in that fog of those mm-hmm. first few months when you're like, everything is so yeah. hard, but okay. But by the time my baby's this age, they're going to be doing this. And that can mm-hmm. create this kind of unnecessary pressure on yourself and the baby to to yeah. do things besides be potato. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Milestones not being met are a sign of a conversation is needed, not necessarily a sign of panic. Milestones create such a problem because we internalize milestones as something a parent is responsible for making sure the kid meets. Yes. That's not how parenting choice. Yeah, it's not right. it's not your parenting that will create this to happen. And the thing is, is milestones are averages, not finish lines. And right. so like average, it means in the middle, right? You take all the different mm-hmm. data and then you, you add it up and multiply it or you add it up and then divide it by the number of data mm-hmm. you had. And then you get mm-hmm. your average. And that's where that yeah. milestone number is coming from. And so I think it's important that we don't act like it's a finish line because I think yeah. when you're like, I want the baby to sit up, like the milestone is at, I don't know, six months, mm-hmm. but I, oh, what if I can get the baby to sit up at five months? Like, mm, like that's, that's one fancy baby. And, uh, right. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's the episode from Bluey. It's Bluey's yeah, baby, baby rice. rice. It's baby rice. Yeah. That and, whole episode is yeah. just what happens when us and our parent brains go milestones are the thing we have to do we must we must race we have to get them ahead of time but i think that there is space that a lot of us failed to see in that average is also worth celebrating and Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that it's not really milestone related but in my own experience as a parent uh my kid came home from school you know and they they do like their standardized Mm -hmm. testing that's not I I don't know what testing it is but it kind of gives you the parent the level that your kid is performing at. we've done a whole episode about how we feel about standardized testing but we still have to endure them right and so my kid came home and she's in early elementary and her test scores her reading scores were like four grades above age level right like Mm -hmm. wow off the charts 99th percentile and her math score was perfectly average she was right where she needed to be and do you know how I reacted? Same reaction to both things. Yes. Because I didn't want to put pressure, right? If I was like, oh, wow, why aren't the math scores way out of this world? They don't mm-hmm. need to be. She's right where she needed to be. And to yeah. put this pressure on her, like, well, we should get the math where the reading is. She's not supposed to be where the reading is. That's, right. She's above that's an average exception. There. That's Congrats. That's exceptional. That's awesome. But mm-hmm. we don't need, like, average is good. Average, average is, is fine. Where yeah. you're supposed to be. If you're if you're ahead of that, that's yeah. okay. And if you're if you're a little behind, that's okay too. If you're a lot behind, that's a sign for a conversation that we might need some intervention. We might need help. It's not a failure. It's an opportunity for growth and and to receive the help you need. Well, and not all milestones are concrete for every kid. Um, mm-hmm. Abby didn't crawl. She just didn't. She learned exactly when she was supposed to, according to the milestones list, to roll over. And shortly after that, she learned how to directional roll. So she would do this combination. She would pop her little butt up off the floor, laying on her back. She would Mm -hmm. reposition her whole lower half, and then she would roll. And then when she'd need to alter directions again, she'd pop her little butt across the floor, and then she would roll. 
And then one day, some point after that, I don't remember how long ago, how, how much time elapsed from realizing Isn't that she could so get wild? to where once, she wanted to go. Once your kid is at a certain age, you're just like, I don't remember when they hit any of those milestones. It's actually not important <laughs> yes, to me no. anymore. It's so like in it's, the state of Oklahoma, when you enroll kids in public school, they're like, when did they say their first words? I was like, I don't know. They did. When did they take their first steps? I don't know. They did. Uh-uh. When did they? I don't know. They <laughs> just did. Because they're walking, talking, and standing right here. I don't know they're when these happened. I don't know they when that did. happened. There you, there you go. They're walking up to you and talking about things. Uh, you know, you so, get to yes, like your third kid. They can talk. It's, it's like the difference between like your first baby book and your third baby book. You know? <laughs> uh, you have a third baby book? No. Do you even have a second baby? I don't have a second baby book. I've got the one for my oldest. And that's I it. have one page left. I had a baby book and I, for some reason, I have one page out of it in my filing cabinet. I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> just, you don't even know the book. Just, it's got a page. I don't, I don't know. But here's the thing is, is, is at some point she just stood up and walked. She yeah. skipped crawling. And I even asked the doctor, I was like, is this okay? He goes, well, crawling is just the intermediate stage to walking. So she just picked rolling as the intermediate stage and she's fine. Right. Like well, every, and do you know her, her hips are shaped fine? Her muscles are fine. Yeah. She's walking. So I, I think it's, it's funny to me that I think a lot of times when we consider these things that we as parents are concerned with, we consider it a modern issue that we're having a modern concern we're having or like... Mm-hmm. In isolating, it can feel isolating. Uh, but my grandmother, who was 84 years old when she passed away in 2020, mm-hmm. okay, she and I talked about everything. And she had shared with me this story her mother had shared with her. Now, she was born in 1936. And mm-hmm. she told me how her mother had had the doctor come over because my grandmother was 14 months old. And still wasn't walking. And they were so concerned. Even back in the 1930s, this milestone was so concerning. And it turned out that my grandmother just didn't have the motivation because one day she was sitting and still wouldn't walk. She wouldn't move. And some kid at the playgroup had come over and like picked up her cup or a toy and walked away and it made her mad. So she finally just stood up and walked over to pick it up, take it back. (laughs) Like that was, that was it. It wasn't that she couldn't, it's that she wouldn't. And it just, it, it made me at the time, cause I had a, one of my kids was still a baby. It was so like Mm -hmm. validating in that we've all (laughs) always been worried about this. (laughs) They had been swinging for the fences and missing (laughs) since the dawn of humanity. All right. support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you're on the move. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash childproof. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash childproof. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It's targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. 
It's designed to work with your body, not against it. We love to see it. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash childproof. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash childproof. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Shape your life with Honey Love. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. For a little while, anyway. Their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra-soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family? and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. Can can I have a moment to confess a Absolutely bad not. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, I, for various reasons that I could try to justify but won't, um, didn't do much tummy time with my littles. They're twins. Yeah. Um, and in the act of surviving their first year, outnumbered by my own progeny i think they cumulatively got 45 minutes of tummy time (laughs) across their entire infancy together both of them equaled 45 minutes of tummy time (laughs) because so many of the milestones in that first year now we get a little more complicated once we get into 18 month and 24 month and 36 month Mm -hmm. milestones but so many of those milestones are sort of innate learning processes as their human brains come online. Yeah. They will instinctively learn to roll whether you do tummy time or not. Now that's, that's assuming that all other needs are met, that you're, you are in fact feeding them, you're keeping them clean, you're keeping them clothed, you're regulating their body temperature. And saying you're not doing tummy time doesn't mean you never held your baby. It just means throwing them in the middle of the floor on the ground. Right. Right. So there there wasn't intentional tummy time where I sat down and went, this is tummy time. Yeah. They absolutely ended up on their bellies from time to time. Um, but it wasn't like an intentional thing because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I wish I'd had time, but the honest truth of it is I was outnumbered by my own progeny. I was exhausted mm-hmm. and I had two of them. <laughs> yeah. This is, no, this is the best we can do kids. And you know what? They're happy, healthy, successful, up to age, have no, met all their I, milestone. I really think now. it's very similar to this idea of like, like when you have a baby and you're like breast milk or formula and it's like always this huge debate, right? Like there's people yeah. on either side. And to be clear, we are not opening up this debate here. We're not, this isn't for the debate. Okay, that is best. If your baby's fed, that's best. Awesome. Great job. Yes. We love that. Uh, what I'm saying is that 
for all the debate and care we put into that, uh, your your kid's still going to eat dirt on the playground. Like it doesn't it regulates itself. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make a difference in the long run. And even if it does, I'm sure someone is going to well actually me. And there's some sort of sign that it does make a difference long term. And yeah, gut health or whatever. I don't really know what that means, yeah. and I'm not going to look into it. <laughs> but even if it's not a large enough difference that it's something that you're like, ah, yeah, my kid, uh, the valedictorian, it's because I breastfed them. It's because I chest fed them like this. There's no. And I think that's like with with milestones with an average developing child. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing. Like it's it's baby rice. It didn't matter. They they got to it. (laughs) They they got to it when they got to it. There's a Internet meme that floats around. That's uh, it's a it's a tweet, I think or maybe a thread, but it says, my son just got a face tattoo. Go ahead and formula feed. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like I love face tattoos, but I'm not going to get one. And there is a time and place and and a certain, certain type of, of job that you can do that a face tattoo is probably fine. And this, this is not shitting on face tattoos. It's just the meme that like, it really doesn't matter in the long term. Yeah. Um, it does. But then not as much as the internet would have you believe. And, and that's the thing, too, is that when when we're talking about how milestones aren't as weighted as they seem to be when you're in the early baby phases and on all of the forums and websites trying to learn mm-hmm. what to do with your cute little potato that keeps peeing everywhere. Uh, <laughs> we're not dismissing the anxiety that it can cause because we were there. Same. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. We're... Really, I think trying to help process that of like, it has to be that important to you. If you have a new baby and you are in the weeds with it, like you do have to be in the weeds with it. But I, I know I personally, I'm going to speak for Gwena too. It's we're, we're trying to maybe give you a little bit of solidarity and maybe yeah. a sigh of relief. Like they're, they're going to be okay if they sit up at seven months instead of six. Yes. And and this is yeah, coming from someone who had a kid who was very delayed. So, yeah. Yeah. So there the milestones are important and the milestones exist for a very important reason. It does help your pediatrician, your doctor, your care team identify, "Hmm, let's take just a let's just take a quick look at this because this could be a sign of something it could be nothing it could just be your baby taking its time yeah. but this could be a sign so we're going to go ahead and take this opportunity to run these couple extra tests and what it does is it saves a whole lot of stress and guesswork because they have identified there are these really important and identifiable patterns in how kids develop in how they grow and if for whatever reason they're taking their time on one that gives us a very clear criteria to go, now let's do some tests. We don't have to do every test on every kid every time because they're meeting their milestones. They don't seem to be indicating that they're struggling here. But you right here, yeah, you should have a few more words than you do. So let's make sure that your hearing's okay. Let's make sure that your vision is okay. Let's make sure that your mouth muscles are okay. We can test these things. Mm -hmm. And if it's found that these things maybe aren't okay, then we can step in. We can intervene. A missed milestone is an opportunity for a conversation. Now let's talk about how to have that conversation. I, I just, I want to say to, um, you know, when you, you bring your kid to the pediatrician and for like their, their wellness visits, right? Like their yearly checkups or, you know, in the early years, it's way more than yearly, but you get yeah. to that point of the yearly and they give you the 
form to fill out a little questionnaire the little questionnaire and it's like stop when you get to three no's and it's like does your baby say 50 words i swear i have always just said yes on that because i'm like i, I don't know i've never actually never counted. counted i don't know how do i i but then I there are moms who write down every word and the yeah. date that they say and they're like they've got 77 I words that i could almost there i wish my executive could function like that i can't uh, so those, those questionnaires of, uh, they were concerning for me because I'm like, am I lying? I don't know. Like I'm like putting the clipboard <laughs> on the floor and I'm like, jump over it, baby. Jump over it. <laughs> it says you have to jump. You love jumping, you little kangaroo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there've been definitely, there've definitely been questionnaire questions. Like, can they do this? Dude, can you count to 10? One, two, three, four. Five. Yes, he can. Yeah, okay, he can do that. He can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, good going, champ. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. I'm so glad I know this before now. I'm going to tread carefully with how I have this conversation because I don't want to disclose too much of my kids' medical information. But uh, right. as a parent who had a kid with a lot of delays, who has a rare genetic syndrome, this started for me because the, the recognition started with the Miss Milestones, right? Now she yeah. she hit the first one, which was which is continues to be my favorite milestone, which is their first smile, because their first smile, yes. their first smile for me, is like you're in this fog, and especially like my first kid, I, I was in a tough tough life yeah. situation at the time, and I will never forget when she looked up at me with those chunky cheeks and it was like a real smile, not like a gas one. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like an intentional smile. And it was like all of the stress I'd ever felt in my life melted out of me in that mm -hmm. one second. I mean, it came back, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's it that back. one. It went, and then their laugh, that giggle, that oh baby belly laugh, and you'll do anything. You like look at people but before you have kids and you see people cooing at babies and you're like, I, I, I feel like I couldn't do that. That's that feels weird. You and then you have do. you have a baby and you're like, oh, I'm going to make weird voices and do silly things. I will do anything to make you laugh, please. <laughs> it's, uh -huh. It is the biggest serotonin I, in the world. I spent... <laughs> I spent probably a total of three weeks with a plate on my head because <laughs> for reasons I don't remember how we got there, a plate ended up on my head. And when I say my daughter laughed and angels <laughs> sung, yeah. the skies opened up and rained down manna from heaven because this child was laughing. I put a plate right back on my fucking yeah, head I'll every time I could. There was a plate on my head. Like you never understood how peekaboo could be such a fun game. Oh my goodness. Until the baby laughs. Until the baby laughs at you. And then you're like, this is actually my favorite game now. Also, uh, listeners, you are welcome for this massive dose of serotonin we're giving you by making you relive your baby's first laugh. Yes. It's the best. Enjoy. Drink it? up. Isn't it? Drink up. <laughs> Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, it really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. 
Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories. So you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun, but springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June, we all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. So, so with this specific kiddo, I will tell you, um, because of the nature of her syndrome, uh, she has what a lot of us in this community, we call it's like this syndrome's face. It's it's very, there mm-hmm. are signs in the bone structure and everything. And so I remember mm-hmm. when she was born uh, and I had a C-section and the first thing that I found out was that she was a very, very large baby, uh, like, yes. oh, like nine and a half pounds. Okay. And uh, then the next thing that happened, Jim saw her first and he said, she has my chin. He's crying. This is his first biological baby. He's crying. She has my chin. I said, I've never seen your chin. Jim's got a big beard for those of you who don't know. Uh, but then I got to see her and they're telling me, you know, like the APGAR scores. When's the last time you thought of that word? Yeah. Uh, perfect. APGAR scores. Uh, you know, I, I was dealing with preeclampsia during my pregnancy with her, but she's uh, full term, very large baby. And they brought her over to me and immediately something in my brain went off, light bulb moment. And my brain said, something's not right. But she was fine, mm-hmm. right? She's breathing. Her scores are great. She's perfect. She's crying. She's, but my brain, I'm like, something's not right. But I doubted myself mm-hmm. immediately because I do struggle with anxiety. And I was like, I'm probably just anxious. What? I know. It's a surprise. You so well, Tori. I, I know. And so. It's news to me. I know. <laughs> so I, I kind of sat with that, right? And, and I've talked about, I had very bad postpartum anxiety with her. But. She was doing okay. And, you know, there's some other stuff going on um, with a breathing sound she had. We got that checked out, but everything else is fine. But I noticed these little things, these little things about her that I was just kind of taking notes on because I did. I felt I felt like I must be crazy because every single person would look at her and say, she's so perfect. She's so beautiful. And I, too, was like, she is so perfect. She is so beautiful. But something's wrong. Okay. So I have a question. Yeah. How much did it eat at you every time someone said she's perfect and your first instinct is 
yeah, I don't think she is. I mean, she is perfect. She's beautiful and she's my yeah. baby. But like, I think I, she's broken. <laughs> like, well, and that's, I think that's an important like verbiage there is that I never thought that like she wasn't perfect or that she was broken. I just thought something mm-hmm. was wrong. And, and I'm not trying yeah. to like be pedantic. It's just like, I think that's just no, no. Imp- important for the, the way that I was feeling at the time. I felt very alone and confused about it. And I would point these things out to Jim and, you know, he'd be oh. Yeah, maybe. Right. But it's also important to know that I have a medical background. Like that's what my degree is in. I've never used the degree, but I've taken clinical classes. I've taken a lot of classes <laughs> on all these things. Uh, I, I could read a medical journal and, and actually understand what I'm reading there. And so I just I just kind of kept track of these things I was noticing. And as she's growing and she's grown so fast and I'm watching and then she gets to about that four month Those mark. milestones start slipping mm-hmm. by. Huh? That four month mark when they're supposed to kind of start rolling over. And she didn't roll over. Nothing. And she wasn't babbling. She didn't make noise. She would just, she'd just lay there and smile at you. She was so happy. She was yeah. the happiest baby. And uh, so she'd just lay there and smile. You know, she'd giggle. She was very ticklish. And she didn't coo. She didn't make noise. Uh, she didn't roll over. And I, you know, I did talk to her doctor. And they said, oh, well, let's, let's keep an eye on it. And I said, okay. And then, you know, a couple more months you go to by. get the six-month milestones. She still hasn't rolled over at six months. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we're going, mm. and then at this point, her doctor, who I credit uh, with really because I had been doing the research, okay? I was I was deep into to Google and <laughs> medical journals and reading things. And I had an idea what I thought that that the syndrome might be, but I didn't want to go to the doctor as an anxious person. and and that's that's a reality. I think anybody who has, mental illness, anxiety, anybody who's in an impoverished community who is in a minority knows that when you go to the doctor, you have to be careful with how you present information mm-hmm. so that you're not dismissed. And so when I went into the doctor, I, was, I don't want to say that I think she has a syndrome, but I really want to kind of, I, I, we need to talk about this. And so we sat there yeah. and I said, these are the milestones we're missing. And she looked at her and all the other medical stuff that was going on besides my, my milestones and said, you know, I only know the name of this rare syndrome because it was on my medical boards. She was a young doctor. This was recent. She said, but I think it could be this. And I was like the most validating thing because that's what I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so, so, you know, now I knew, I knew that my gut had been Mm -hmm. right this whole time. And we started this whole process where I knew it was this syndrome and I would brought her to a geneticist. And I said, this is it. They said, no, because she doesn't meet all the criteria. I think it's not that. Yeah. Okay. And I went to a different doctor. No, it's not that. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And then we moved. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she finally rolled over at seven months old. And uh, at this time, we had started early intervention, which we will talk about too briefly, because I think that's a whole episode. But we yeah. eventually, I mean, we went to, I think... When we moved, we got a primary doctor who, again, believed me about this. So the primary doctors, they, they mm-hmm. were great. Uh, and then we finally went to a geneticist here in this, the state we live in now who confirmed it and then also, you know, did the, the mm-hmm. whole genetic workup and proved it yeah. again. And uh, mm-hmm. it was like that time in my life was so hard because I felt like everyone thought I was crazy because I'm like, this mm-hmm. is happening, right? And it wasn't that I was fully my tied to is that. not meeting milestones. It's a problem, y'all. It's not meeting milestones. Here's this other stuff happening. But those milestones were the the giver for me because that, mm-hmm. in addition to everything else, was like, this is this is something. And we we all can confirm this is something. And that mm-hmm. advocacy 
was really, it, it came from those milestones were the things that were the easiest to bring up to the doctor. That was the easiest yeah. way to start this conversation of like, hey, what's going on? And so, I mean, to be clear, like my daughter is great and she is perfect and she does have this syndrome and she's going to be eight this year and she's perfect. She's perfect. And uh, yeah. she's, she's had a, she's had a lot in her life, you know, but those milestones, um, she's met them all now. She, for yes. every milestone that was late through her first year. Okay. And it was every one of them. She caught up. She started walking the day after she turned one. It just surprised us all. Literally wouldn't roll over till after seven months. And then just a couple months later, she just got just up. Just walks now. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, yeah. cool. Thanks, kid. But she, she because of those miss really enjoyed stuff. that three-month period where yeah. my heart was threatening to quit at any given <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. Good job. And Thanks for that. That's, I think, the thing, too, is that when it comes to advocacy, because here's the thing. My kid had a rare syndrome. And so that's why those milestones mattered. Now, if your kid is not meeting milestones, that doesn't mean they have a syndrome. That could mean a whole plethora of things. They could just be running late. They could just not be interested yeah. in doing that thing. It could be an indicator of something else. And usually, usually if there is something else, it's not just the missed milestones. And that's really the reason I shared this story. Mm -hmm. There were other signs and symptoms that I saw from the moment yes. I laid eyes upon her. And so mm -hmm. it was this accumulation of things, including the missed milestones that were the signal for yeah. us. And so if if we're late on milestones, definitely talk to your doctor. You don't deserve to sit there in your own anxiety. Like you deserve to, to be heard. And if you feel like your doctor isn't hearing you, that's that's that point of advocacy. And it is crazy the amount of strength you can find to advocate for this small human you made with your body that you didn't know you possessed before. I do need to point out though, not meeting a milestone is not necessarily a parental failure. In your case, it had nothing to do with what you did. It mm -hmm. was just how your kid is built, yeah. how she was born, and what steps needed to be taken after to help her meet those milestones. Because some of those milestones were met just because she finally got there. It just took her a little longer. And some of those milestones required medical intervention and early intervention to get to. Yeah. And I think that's like an important piece of this story, too, is that while all of this stuff was happening on the medical side... Once these milestones started falling, because again, she wasn't babbling, she wasn't making noises, right? Mm -hmm. She wasn't rolling over. She wasn't doing these things. We had muscle weakness. Well, mm -hmm. at this point now, while we're dealing with this medical side, we also got early intervention. And so we mm -hmm. had two sides of the coin because there was the support for her medical needs and the support for helping her get to these milestones because the needs were identified. And again, we should mm -hmm. do an episode on early intervention with an expert. I think that's the appropriate yes. way for us to talk about it. But if you don't know early intervention, they are the services and supports that are available to babies and young children with developmental delays and disabilities and their fa families might include speech therapy, physical therapy, and other types of services based on the needs of the child and family. And that's available for kids ages zero to three in the United States. I don't know about other countries if you're listening to us in those places but I, yes. I would like to think that uh, with your universal health care, you have something. I hope you do. <laughs> I, I, you I do. know both Canada and the UK have early intervention type services. They call it something a little different, but you can get support for your kid who is maybe not meeting milestones or maybe showing signs of other conditions, disorders, or illnesses that can be treated or, or may need additional assistance just to sort of work with and through instead of 
be prevented by. Um, check with your state. Your pediatrician or your general practitioner is probably the first stop. But if that's really booked or that is a hard service for you to get a hold of because it is out of your reach, um, you can also contact your Department of Human Services or your Department of Protective Services. I think the the health department too. The health department as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it depends because my Oklahoma health department is uh, the same as my Department of Human Services. Yeah. Uh, but it's then really it's a state by state. If you look up your state and early yeah. intervention, that's going to get yeah. you the information you need. But I think just the base level that I'll say about it is that if you go to your doctor and you say, hey, my kid hasn't met these milestones and I'm concerned and they take an evaluation and they agree with you and you get referred to early mm-hmm. intervention, they're going to do an evaluation with those experts to figure out if yes. and what services your kid needs. And uh, all those people are really supportive. And again, it's not a personal failing. And here's the thing is when you're first entering that, because my son was also in early intervention for a speech delay. He didn't meet that milestone like at all. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he preferred not to talk. And there were, again, I don't want to overshare his medical history, but there were really good reasons why he wasn't talking. And it had nothing to do with how I raised them, <laughs> with how yeah. much I spoke to them. It's just how he was. Born. Honestly, if my kids weren't talking, um, it couldn't be my fault because I don't shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it will feel as you're starting. Again, we need to do a whole episode about this. It will feel a little adversarial as you're starting. Like, tell me what you've done here. How many times a day does this happen? How many times did you do this? They are gathering data to help your kid not bring a case against you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's important too when we're we're talking about things like the early intervention to to note that if it feels like a parental failure, like I should have done better. If I mm-hmm. did more tummy time, my baby would have rolled over. If I spent more time t- talking at their face when they were three weeks old, they they would have started talking. If if any of that mm-hmm. is feeling like if that mom shame is creeping in, that that's saying that it's something you did wrong, right? It's lying. I want you to. It's not just lying. I I think it can be helpful to look at other perspectives because. Your kid is going to do a lot of things in their life as they get older, mm-hmm. right? If your kid wants to play baseball and you can hardly run without tripping over your own feet, are you going to be the one to teach them how to play baseball or are you going to outsource that, right? If your kid wants to play violin and you don't know how to play violin, even if you do know how to play violin, that doesn't mean you're a violin teacher. Are you going to right. be the one to do that or are you going to reach out to someone else? There is a reason that those early intervention services exist, and it is because those people have trained for years and years to be able to provide those services to children of that age. And that is the best thing you can do as a parent. It's not a failure. That's like you should celebrate yourself for noticing and caring and getting them the help they need that that you couldn't do on your own and not because you're incapable, but because it's literally, did you go to school for physical therapy like that's right i mean maybe you did but that person but that person did so it's it's that community we always talk about needing and and sometimes that's the village it's the village yeah we we gotta tap our village selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. 
And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. So real quick, we've talked about not meeting milestones. I want to briefly brush across early meeting of milestones because it's important to note, one, some early milestones are just as concerning as late milestones as far as an assessment uh, is involved. If milestones are an assessment that our children are growing and developing as expected for their age, then some early milestones are also signs that, ooh, this baby should not have the ability to do that yet. Like the part of their brain that controls that isn't fully online yet. Those connections are still being made as they're growing. So if if your baby is rolling over at just a couple weeks old, that might be that you have an insanely strong kid. That might be a muscle issue that indicates there's something deeper going on systemically. It's not a sign for panic. It's a sign for conversation. If your baby is standing very, very young, it's not a sign for panic, but it is a sign for a conversation. And again, it could just be that your kid has incredible balance and muscle control, even at a very young age. Yeah. And most of the time, that's what it is. But every once in a while, mm, that wasn't actually a, a rolling right. over. That was and something I think this is more serious. You and I continue to just yell from the rooftops. Your pediatrician mm-hmm. wants you to ask questions. They yes. they know they talk to, to so many parents a day and all every we all feel this way. We all feel clueless. It's okay. Mm-hmm. They would rather <laughs> have the conversation with you. And and that's the only time that that advocacy point comes in is if you feel like you are being dismissed. But right. in my experience, they, all of the pediatricians we've had have not been dismissive. It has been different yeah. doctors the that were dismissive. Sometimes are looking yeah. for some way more detailed information, but the pediatricians, yeah. I've always, I've been very lucky, and this is not a universal experience. Of I've course. been very lucky that all of our pediatricians have been very attentive. In fact, our pediatrician, uh, when my son, when I, when we realized that my son was speech delayed, um, he was like, "How many words does he have?" I was like, "I don't know, um, not not that many, not that number." Um, mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, okay, well." Let's check a few things out. And he was so incredibly patient and so incredibly kind. And yes, that was just my one experience. And that is not a universal experience, unfortunately. But your pediatrician would rather tell you a billion times that nothing is wrong than miss the one opportunity to get them the intervention or the assistance or the treatment that can help them. Absolutely. Um, Now, I'm going to be catty for just a second. Okay. If your kid is 
an early meter of milestones. If you had an early roller or an early talker, um, if your kid is super gifted with movement and macro movements and they're like doing somersaults when they're still not walking really good, like I love that. I'm so proud of you and your baby and the environment that you're creating for them to thrive in. I do need you to read the room. Yeah. I do. I do. I mm-hmm. want you to celebrate that. But if I am in the midst of um, venting, a concern that, oh my God, my kid is a year old and has not rolled over. And uh, we've talked to the pediatrician, but we're having trouble like identifying why this is like, that's not the time to go. Oh, my baby rolled over at three months. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs> okay. I Good feel for worse your baby. Now. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> like having, better now, having I think. someone in that, in that position, here's the thing. I wasn't ever upset with people for sharing their celebrations of their babies, mm-hmm. but there were certain situations Timing that again, is everything. That, that's what I was about to say. It's exactly what you said. It's the read the room because there were certain times where I was very concerned and, and like vocalizing that. And then like, oh, yeah, well, my baby who's like, you know, two weeks younger than your baby is already doing all these things. And I'm like, at the time I'm sitting there with my baby who I'm like fighting to, to get help. And I'm like, I don't even know if she's ever going to say I love you to me because I don't know if she's ever going <laughs> to talk because we were so early in all of this process, you know, and I'm like, okay, it's so cool for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just, just, just read yeah. the room. I just, want to celebrate yeah. with you, Sharon. I do. We do um, want to celebrate with you. Just, you know. Read the room. Read the room. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about, though, um, I have oh. a different set of milestones that I love, um, and they're not the ones on the CDC website. They're not the ones on the chart. Uh, they're the ones that I, I think of as the the ones that are most exciting for parents because like, yeah, that that smile, that smile and that first laugh are great. But I don't think any yeah. of the other milestones reach the same level of serotonin as like the first time you get to pee with the door closed and no one slamming on the door. <laughs> <laughs> when they can take a shower or a bath without you getting wet. When they say I do it myself and then they did it themselves. Do it. <laughs> When you can, when they're like, mom, I'm hungry. And you can say, knowing it'll work, go get a snack. When they pour a glass of milk and it, most of it makes it in the cup and the part that didn't, they clean up themselves without reminding. Uh, When you can just hand them some cash and be like, run into the gas station real quick and grab me a Sprite. Yeah. Get yourself something too. When... When they come home and say, I want to make a friendship bracelet for my best friend. And you realize other people love your kid too. <laughs> How it's special. It's special. When they can put their socks on without help. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. When they can find their own shoes. <laughs> yeah, when you can send them outside without also have to sitting, sit outside with them. Yes. That one, uh-huh. When they <laughs> can, important one. When they can walk upstairs without you one step behind them, kind of panicking about it. <laughs> yeah, like with, with a hand. With like, a hand right under their bottom. Them because then right. they'll turn around and get mad yeah. at you. But you're just like there as the safety net. Like you're, yeah, you're spotting them up the stairs. You don't have to do that anymore. Here's, we just hit this one about two weeks ago. I can now look at all three of my kids and say, go get in the car. And they put yeah. their shoes on, they put their coats on, they get in the car, they put their seatbelts on. I don't yes. have to do any of that. Yes. None of that is my job anymore. My youngest is finally buckling her own seatbelt. It took a little time because, you know, my, my kids are squished in like sardines in our yeah. car. 
So she's in the high back booster and she's got to work it around her big sister. Yeah. But she's she's been practicing and she's been excited about it. And she's like, Mom, look how fast I can do this now. I'm like, hell yeah. I absolutely <laughs> weaponize my children's uh, innate desire to race for everything. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, we're going to race to the car and they'll start getting their stuff and they're grabbing their backpacks yeah. and putting their coats on and dashing through the garage. Yeah. And I'm just casually, casually continuing to pour creamer into my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not racing at all, but they're racing me, and that's cause, what's important. If, if you didn't make it a race, then you would have been late, because then it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. uh, the, the milestone that I like as well is uh, when the chores go from doing them together to, hey, can you unload the dishwasher, please? And then mm-hmm. they can unload the dishwasher, please. That one's good. Yes. That, that's a good milestone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our timer. Uh, Before we end, though, I do want to include this really important disclaimer. Keep in mind, using online resources to help you decide if your child is or is not meeting these developmental milestones are not a replacement for being examined by a trained physician, pediatrician, or child development specialist. Please keep up with your well-child checks. They feel so damn pointless some days. Yes, growing, learning going good. Thank you for wasting two hours of my time to tell me that everyone and everything is as it should be. Bye. Because the alternative is, oh, mm, that's a little behind. And that could indicate something else. Trust me, feeling like you've wasted two hours to be told your kid is as healthy as expected is worth not missing the chance to spot, diagnose, and intervene early. We will link the milestones from the CDC in the description of this episode. If you've never perused them, if maybe you're expecting your first baby, or if you've just got questions, the official list of the milestone that your pediatrician will also be referring, we'll link that as well as a couple other resources in the same link about milestones in the description of this episode. And those milestones, really use them as a reference, not a deadline. And listen to your gut. And again, with those well-child visits, it might feel like you're wasting two hours, but you're going to waste two hours on way worse things for your kids over the years. Uh, But they're still worth it. You know, it's great. It's great. Uh, But thank you for listening to Child Proof. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Send us any questions you have, any episode ideas you have. I think we got a a mail call coming up soon. So we want to hear from you. Email us uh, childproof at betches.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating on Apple and Spotify. They really do help and we love reading them. And be sure to give us a follow. I am Tori Phantom in all the places and she's Mama Cusses. My book is officially on the shelf. Mama Cusses, a field guide to responsive parenting and trying not to be the reason your kids need therapy. Head to your local bookstore and pick up a copy. And remember, TikTok sensation going out. Lathland wrote that. It's great. Sometimes our kids and co-hosts are assholes. Yeah, sometimes it's us. <laughs> Child Proof is produced by Rebecca Salsmacat and Sean Kilby. Editing by Shannon Sassone. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Allie Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email at childproof at Betches.com. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.